This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everyone. How much is too much for a Beyonce ticket? Plus, HPD announced a major change in how they'll deal with crimes. And a woman finally completed something she started during the pandemic, and you won't believe what it is. Hey, Houston writer Brooke Lewis joins me to talk about the stories impacting H-Town to start the week. It's Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. I'm Rahil Ramzanali, and here's what Houston's talking about. Okay, Brooke, you've been to a lot of concerts, and I'm going to assume some sporting events here as well. Have you had a chance to watch this viral video of the fight at the Texans game yet? No, I have not watched it yet. Oh my gosh, it is ridiculous. First of all, we need to stop doing sucker punches in fights, please. And we need to stop fighting at events. Overall, let's just stop that. Have you ever seen a fight at any concert or event? So no, but I do remember one time at the rodeo seeing this woman have kind of like a traumatic fall. And it really made me scared for, um, you know, when you're in the higher sections, I'm always really scared of being in 600 section, even though that's usually where I am, because that's what I can afford. But I've seen, like, I saw a woman fall, like at least I want to say it was like seven flights of stairs and she was totally fine afterwards. But that's probably the craziest thing I've seen at a concert. I actually haven't seen anybody get mad or upset with somebody else. Oh my gosh. Seeing that would be scary. Oh man. (laughs) Like just tumbling down. That is so scary. Um, yeah, I always I always grab the railings. I'm I'm with you. That's like one of my fears is the way it's angled, right? You don't want to take that tumble. Yes. And my parents, it's so funny. One time I bought them tickets for something and it's like what I could afford. It was way up. And they were like, actually, we enjoyed the concert, but we're really scared every time every time we're up in the higher sections. And I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> oh gosh. All right, let's get some big news. Uh, let's talk about what's been happening. It's been a busy weekend. We're already into the week. What was your biggest story of the week? Yeah, so I think the biggest story for me was the Herman Park trees. They're actually showing a lot of signs of distress. And because of the hot weather and the drought conditions that have that Houston's been under for so long, and I love Herman Park. So it was making me really sad to hear about that. And um, the president of Herman Park Conservancy said that the trees actually looked as stressed as they did during the 2011 drought. So that's really, really bad. Um, Some volunteers with the Conservancy have been carrying buckets of water from a governed lake and individually watering each tree. So that's, you know, I wasn't expecting that. I feel like when you walk at Herman Park, the trees are one of my favorite parts. It's the most shaded park to me. And so just hearing that the trees are, are really under distress right now made me sad. And I don't think a lot of people are aware of that. You know, the fallout from the heat dome that we just went through, of course, we've got the economic impact of people just not working as much because it's hot outside. Everyone's just kind of in that summer days of like, "Uh, I don't want to do anything, actually. Then you've got the impact of nature. Like, what is it going to look like 
a year from now with the trees? What's it going to look like with your grass? Because I, I look around my neighborhood and everyone's grass is dead, no matter how much you water it. And we're in a drought, so you can't even water it that much here for the last couple of weeks. And then the economic impact of just around the house, like me personally, it's going to cost $3,000 just to fix our driveway because of how hot it was. Wow. Like our driveway is buckling and it's all uneven. And guess what we have to do? We have to fix it because it's dangerous. You don't want to drive on an uneven driveway. So the economic impact from this heat wave is going to be fascinating to look at here in the next couple of months and even extending into a year or so. Yeah, I'm just thinking about how many people have to get their air conditioning systems replaced because of just how much pressure the ACs were under during the summer. Mm -hmm. And and from what I'm hearing, the winter is going to be as extreme as the summer. So I can just imagine. What? Yes, I know. It's bad. Wait, extreme in that it's going to be hot. It, no, it's going to be, gonna be as, cold? as Yeah, as, as hot as it was. Oh, no. It's going to be as cold as it as hot as it was. So I'm like, oh my God, not I'm just not looking forward to it at all. Uh, this is not going to be good. What are we doing here? Can we just like if, if it's hot during the winter, I'm OK with that. Yeah. Right? We're good with that. <laughs> but come on, we're going to get an extreme cold. Now we're going to get both. The South and North Pole going here, this is not good. I'm I'm not happy with this. Yeah. But think about it. Our winters have been getting colder. I'm just thinking about the the days that it's extremely, extremely cold. We're having some of the coldest days that we've ever experienced. And just like we're having some of the hottest days. So either way, I'm like, can we just have a little just 75 degrees? Just 75, yeah. no humidity. That's what I'm looking for. I think we do have that here for the next couple of months. We'll get that good weather, that sweet spot, so we can enjoy it before we have to. I guess get going to hibernation for winter now because <laughs> it's going to be really cold. And that's everyone blame Brooke. Don't tell them that it's all on you, Brooke. You called it now. Okay. My biggest story to start the week, obviously by now everyone's heard about Ken Paxton and, you know, he, by the way, he was not found guilty on any of those impeachment clauses. So the impeachment trial is done. He is the AG again and everything's good. But I don't want to spend too much time on it because we've broken down the impeachment trial and what happened and what was going on with the storylines. But there's a really good piece by Robert Downing in the Texas Tribune about this signaling a Republican civil war. So I've linked that. Read it on your own time because it is a fascinating read about the forces within the Republican Party and what this impeachment trial really brought to the surface of those forces. So read that. But my biggest story is what's happening here with HPD. There's a new policy now that HPD is going to employ because of the amount of injuries and 27 people dying during car chases that they are no longer going to be engaging in chases with drivers suspected of Class C offenses. Now, the Houston Chronicle has a story. The categories include alleged violations such as theft, minor traffic infractions, and also anybody that's suspected of a nonviolent misdemeanor or traffic warrants, guess what? They aren't going to be chasing them anymore because HPD wants to cut down on the amount of injuries and deaths that are happening. So far, HPD has averaged five pursuits per day in 2023, which is really high for a city of this size in Texas. So guess what? If you're a criminal now, HPD has just basically told you like, hey, if you're going to do something bad, that's really not that bad. Guess what we're doing? We're not chasing you anymore. So isn't this just a green light for criminals? <laughs> I I have mixed feelings about it. I think that 
I just remember whenever I used to work at Houston Chronicle, it felt like every day we would look on our TV and see a police chase happening like sometime in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like police chases are happening so much. They kind of seem excessive, especially in our city where there's so much traffic. Those chases can be really deadly. And if you're chasing someone over a you know, a minor traffic violation or something that isn't quite a heavy criminal charge. I can see why they're doing that because um, it's keeping other people safe. But I do think you have your your concerns are fair. Like you want people who who may have some kind of criminal offense to be held accountable. And so yeah. I think it's, it's going to be a fine line to walk for sure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Okay, let's do some rapid fire. I've got a couple of stories here for you that I want to get your thoughts on. A new Texas law is aiming to crack down on people who are trying to falsely pass off their pets as service animals. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, are people are doing this. I guess they just go get the service animal vest and just put it on and they try to pass their dogs or cats off as service animals. I've only seen dogs. I'm assuming they're doing it with cats too. Because I don't know, can a cat be a service animal? <laughs> they are now. But this new legislation, which went in effect September 1st, you could face a fine of up to $1,000 and 30 hours of community service if you are found using fake service animals. This is crazy. <laughs> now, Brooke, do you have an emotional animal, a emotional support animal, first of all? So, I mean, she is not technically registered as an emotional support animal, um, but she is my emotional support animal shadow. She has been with me through the pandemic and um, I, you know, I've, she hasn't been through a hurricane with me yet, but she, she mm. will, she probably will knowing Houston weather. So she's my emotional support animal, but I have heard, I've heard of people passing their animals off as emotional support animals to avoid security deposits for apartments. Um, yeah. I've never done that, but I know people do that. So I'm actually not surprised that people are trying to pass off service animals. And I guess it's probably helping them avoid certain things like apartment deposits, other things that they don't want to pay. And that's the big difference, right? So you've got service animals, which you have to have a special training for. You have to, you know, basically get them actually certified as service animals. And then you've got the doctor's note, yeah. the emotional support animals. That's crazy to me. I mean, we've seen some wild emotional support animals. Like I've seen the raccoons, the <laughs> rabbits. I've seen some crazy stuff online. But this is more for the service animals. So yeah, you're right. If you don't want to pay that security deposit, you don't want to maybe, you know, when you're flying, you don't want to pay for it. I guess you can just bring a service animal on. So you just, you know, pass them off as a fake service animal. I was just like, whoa, I, I didn't know this was happening, but it is. Okay, next story. Um, what's the biggest puzzle you've ever accomplished? Just like an old school puzzle. 
Oh my gosh. So I was not a puzzle girl, but during the pandemic, I did buy this, like, it was just kind of like a wildlife jigsaw puzzle. It wasn't that big, you guys. It was only like, I feel like it was, it's not worth bragging about. It was definitely under 500 pieces. Um, That's still good. Yeah, but I feel like people complete like thousand piece jigsaw puzzles and they're really good at them. I I did that because I was so bored. I was like, wow, this shows how bored I am that I bought this jigsaw puzzle because I'm not a puzzle person. <laughs> well, you would be wrong on this one. You know, you're like, yeah, that a thousand that people are proud of that, right? Yeah. Well, Emily Seidel from Cyprus started a puzzle like many of us during the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. She just finished that puzzle. Can you guess how many pieces the puzzle oh was? Oh my gosh. Was it over 10,000? pieces yes okay over ten thousand. Hmm, i'm gonna say it was like a thirty thousand piece puzzle in the grand scheme pretty close it was forty thousand wow. pieces oh she my finished gosh. a forty thousand piece <laughs> puzzle in 2023 it took almost three years but she finished it more than three years and the puzzle honored disney classics is there any universe is there any alternate reality where Brooke Lewis could finish a 40,000 piece puzzle in three years and change. Absolutely not. You'll find me playing Guess Who, you'll find me playing Monopoly, you'll find me playing Life, but I will never complete a 40,000 piece puzzle. So not only did she finish it, but she said that there's a 42,000 piece puzzle out there that she wants to take up oh my gosh that's so funny well we can just say our mental health declined during covid but i feel like our jigsaw puzzle skills they got better they got better yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely in the city of houston it did in cyprus so you know what we got it we got it on lock okay brooke i have some time with you here i want to get a gripe what is happening what is bugging you i want to talk it through with you what's on your mind Okay, so it definitely is the Beyonce concert. Now, you guys who have listened to the podcast know that I love Beyonce. I even had a birthday party themed after Beyonce. And I went to her concert when she came with Jay-Z a few years ago. And so that is my biggest gripe because when I went to that concert, and this is a true story, some people don't believe me, but the week of the concert, I looked at tickets on Ticketmaster and they had dropped significantly because they did not have enough people to fill the seats. And I bought tickets for, you guys are not going to believe this. I bought them. You want to guess how much they were over here? Um, 250. No, it's under a hundred. Get out of here. 70 bucks. No. (laughs) How much? They were $20. I went in at like 6 or 7 a.m. I bought two tickets for, and with fees, it probably ended up being like 60 something or whatever dollars. I got two tickets. I was like, I don't know who's going to this concert with me, but I don't think this is real. So I got to get them. I got to get them. I sat way up high in the nosebleed sections, but that's like, that's how low ticket prices in the past would drop when these stadiums wouldn't fill up. And I was looking this morning to see what the ticket prices were like for Beyonce. And the cheapest one I could find was like 450 So that's my gripe. Oh, man. Oh, man. What year was that concert? Um, That concert was in 2018. Wow. Yes. Okay. So that concert was in 2018. And where were they playing? They were also at NRG. It was also NRG. No way. They didn't sell out? Yeah, that's what was crazy. They didn't, because it was a two-night show, though. But it's like right now, the tickets technically aren't 
sold out. Um, there are still some available, but they are just at a ridiculous price. Um, oh my gosh. And, but I just think ticket concert tickets, I'm not even saying I want to pay $20, but a hundred something I feel like is, you know, that's a fair ticket price. But the fact that some of these concerts are just in the hundreds of dollars, even, and you know, it's just not affordable for the average person who loves these artists. Yeah, that is so crazy <laughs> that just to get in right now is going to be over $500, right? Yeah, I've seen a lot of TikToks and Instagram reels come across my timeline where people wait, you know, until the concert yes. starts. And I've done that before for football games. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. I'm like, okay, now I'll buy it. I don't think these are coming down no. because it's such a hot concert and because the reviews on the concert have been so great. Yeah, I think ticket prices, unfortunately, are just going to continue to be at that level. And I mean, people are willing to splurge like I splurge for Taylor Swift. Um, but there's just only so many splurges that you can do. And mm -hmm. once I've seen Beyonce in concerts, so I was like, OK, I'll miss this time. But I'm hearing rumors that there might be a Destiny's Child tour and I will go to that no matter the cost. Whoa. So that would be fun. Yes. That would be fun. Okay, I'm going to stick on that wavelength and just talk about the entry level prices of tickets. Not Because right now the resale prices for Beyonce are crazy, but the Foo Fighters are coming and they're going to be playing 713 Music Hall, not Toyota Center, not NRG. They're not playing anywhere big. They're actually going to a smaller venue. And I thought because it'd be a smaller venue, the ticket prices would be a little bit better, but just to get in for the Foo Fighters, take a guess. How much do you think? Oh my gosh. I'm going to say that just to get in, it's 300. Okay. That's a little high, but it was 160. So if you wanted to go with somebody that it's near $300 now, that's crazy that just to get in, it's $160 for tickets. Yeah. Especially because 713 Music Hall, you know, they have GA admission. And so it's a lot of times GA even though you are standing, it's like that should be the most affordable price. But 160 yeah. is crazy. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I, I try to get the pre-sale tickets and I was like, all right, cool. Let's get them. I saw 160. I said, no, never yeah. mind. You know what? I'll just listen to the vinyl. <laughs> I've got the best of vinyl. I'm good. It's all right. So we'll, we'll survive. I want to see them. If I find a good deal, I might go. But 160, come on now. Yeah. That's a little too much. You would expect different from these intimate venues. I remember even seeing Casey Musgraves, and this was in Austin, and this was right after her successful first album. Um, and that ticket, like looking back, I think we paid probably only, we paid under 100. We probably paid 75 or something for GA seating. And that just seems like an anomaly now. Like you're just not mm -hmm. going to be able to find something like that. Yeah. You know what is free? This conversation we just had, Brooke. So thank you. That was a lot of fun. I'm excited for the week now. I'm energized for the week, all because of you. Brooke, I appreciate it. Yes, it was so great, Raheel. That was Brooke Lewis. And by now you've heard me say it a lot, but you should subscribe to Hey Houston to get a daily dose of Brooke in your inbox every morning. Subscribe with the link in our show notes or head to houston.citycast.fm. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new.